Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, welcome in our Warriors Weekly Podcast. Uh, once again, John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, and Steiny, there's no other way we can start this episode of the podcast but talking about Stephen Curry and him breaking the all-time three-point record at Madison Square Garden a couple of nights ago as we record this. I mean, really, uh, we talked a lot, a lot more than I thought we were going to leading up to him ultimately breaking the record about how special it would be, where would it all go down. And I think when it came down to it, you couldn't have picked a, a, a or scripted a better place or time or way for him to do it than at Madison Square Garden with Ray Allen in the building and and Reggie Miller calling the game for TNT. It was a very, very cool, real moment. Yeah, no doubt about it. I also think that, uh, you know, it was handled great by by the Knicks and by the league and by TNT. Um, I thought they paid it the kind of attention it needed, you know, stopped the game, did a little tribute. I don't think it really took away from the game. Uh, and the, I mean, the one thing that I'm anxious to see right now is I, I do think that this pursuit of his affected the team a little bit. I, I just don't think they've been themselves since the, uh, you know, last two or three weeks as it, as it came up. And it's to me, the biggest irony is that he's done this now kind of in the middle of one of his worst shooting slumps of, of his career. Um, you know, he's, de- <laughs> you, you and I do this all the, <clears throat> all the time, uh, just kind of updating his shooting percentages. And he's, he's, a, he's under 40 right now, three point range. That's 39, nine, but, and I don't mean that to take a shot at him. I just mean, I mean it to kind of emphasize how great this guy's been. I mean, you know, he, he's not shooting great from the field. He's not shooting great from three-point range this year. But the impact he still has on games just by being out there is something that's always made him kind of better than his numbers have indicated because he helps so many other players just by being out on the floor. So what I'm getting at, J.D., is, is to me the next month or so is going to be what I'm really looking at to see if – he kind of comes out of it a little and the Warriors kind of come out of it a little because it looked like they were maybe trying a little too hard to get him the record. They were caught between trying to get him the ball too much and then saying, well, no, let's play the right way. And if it ha- when it ha- when it happens, it happens. So I do think they were 
they were just kind of they've been kind of out of kilter and now they got two games coming up and and it's all behind them now and i'm, I'm kind of anxious to see where they go from here yeah and I, I think you could also make the case that that the timing of it actually wound up putting them in a pretty it, it was a pretty good time for them to go through it right they were beyond the, the games against phoenix they had hit this lull in the schedule where they were playing some lesser opponents at home and then I think they got a little caught up in it. Did it bleed into the game in Philadelphia that they ultimately lost? It probably did, uh, but but they had a lead that they lost in that game. And, and then they were still able to go grind out a couple of wins in Indiana and at New York. And, and so it, it really, like so many issues, if you want to call them that, when the Warriors were in the, the championship run, if they did get it never really cost him anything and i feel like this you know yeah curry's under 40 well you know what that means he's probably going to get really hot for about a month at some point right. at least historically that's what it's meant and this team dropped one game against a pretty good eastern conference team but they've won every other game that, that you could put in the category of of while they were maybe chasing the record a little bit and, and so I, I think it, it it's nice to have it out of the way now as they look more toward Clay Thompson's potential return and, and really trying to hone in and build a rhythm with what that new group, because it, it really, in a lot of ways, Steiny is going to be, it's going to be a new team when Clay Thompson comes back, at least for a short stretch. Definitely. And there's going to be ripple effects to everything. Uh, what's going to happen to Jordan Poole when he goes to the bench? Um Although I will say this, I'm getting less and less concerned about that, J.D., simply because I'm just starting to think he's a little bit of a feast or famine per, uh, you know, player. Um, when he's got it going, he's got it going. When he doesn't, he doesn't. And it's almost like when I think when he goes to the bench, it's going to be uh, beneficial to the Warriors because I just always feel like when you're coming off the bench, when you give the team something, it's kind of gravy. And if you don't, you know, it's just one of those nights where you don't have it. But that's less – it's tougher to do when you're a starter. And I, I do think that – I think that the sixth-man role, at least right now in his career, is going to suit him well if he – you know, if he throws – if he dives into it and 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 kind of gives it his, his best shot at it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting with Poole because I, I feel like he, he's got a knack for even when he doesn't play well – still making a few plays that help you win or still having some aspect of his game, whether it's 13 free throws in the game the other night against the Knicks when he doesn't make a three-pointer. Well, if he goes to the free throw line three or four times, maybe the Warriors end up losing that game because he couldn't make a three-pointer. He's also really looked awful maybe in the first half of a game, looked and then been you know helped them win in the second half of a game. So I, I think – that also plays very well, I think, with everything else that this team has got going on. He's a wild card that can really help you, and it almost feels like on the nights where maybe he's hurting you, he's not really necessarily hurting you enough to where he's a guarantee alone to really get you beat, which I think would have been something maybe you would have feared about him as his career began to progress a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a good point, and um you know, I just I just keep coming back to Iguodala talking about Wiseman and Jordan Poole and how, you know, it's almost like he's taking them under his wing as his pet project. And he's going to figure out a way 
uh, to keep these guys engaged, even if Wiseman's playing limited minutes and even if Poole's coming off the bench. Um, I mean, I got to believe Poole's going to have every bit as free reign that he had when he was when he was starting. And I mean, that like that's the kind of thing that, that I've noticed about Poole. And I, I don't know if I love it or hate it, but, you know, Steph Curry may be out on the floor with him. And sometimes it doesn't matter <laughs> if you're yeah. doing Poole. to do what he's going to do. And, uh, you know, he doesn't really – I don't want to say – you know, his first priority is not to get Steph Curry the ball. His first priority is to score. And I think that that's going to serve him well, especially if he comes in off the bench and finds himself in lineup in, in a lineup without Steph Curry. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Now that this record's behind him, I kind of feel like it's the start of something new for this team. And, you know, they're going to play a few games here, and then they're going to get Clay Thompson back. And – you know, then we're going to have to kind of reassess where they are and measure how Clay looks and how he's impacted the team. But it's, I think the one thing that's really going to help the Warriors is it's going to keep them fresh. Just knowing Clay's coming back, that's going to take them a month. That's going to, you know, that's going to carry them another four to six weeks, I think. And I, I just think it's a way of, of, of the team being able to be kept fresh and, um, you know, kind of on point as the season drags on. No, and I, I think you look at it, and no matter when Clay Thompson comes back, whether it's the week before Christmas, the week after Christmas, if it winds up being New Year's, whatever it ends up being, that whole first month is going to have some juice to it. And I think that carries you through the dog days, really, to the point where by the time – you know, you're a month in, you're basically at the all-star break. And, right. and then and then you get a little bit of a break there. And then you get through a little stretch after the break and it's go time as far as, you know, seeing what maybe this team really can do. You referenced it as starting something new. And I, I think I, I think that's well said, but they're starting something new at 23 and five or you know 25 and six or, or whatever the heck it's gonna be, 28 and, and seven when when right. you get back. And I think that's where this thing has the potential to to really get special. And and look, I know we're all kind of waiting for Clay and, and and just relating it back to the other night. You know, and I know Steph Curry addressed this and Draymond Green addressed it. And, you know, just the emotion on the night where Steph breaks the record of of kind of not having Clay be a part of it. And and right. just how it, you know, if there was one disappointing aspect of it, it's just and sometimes I catch myself like getting played in two and a half years. Like what were you doing in June of 2019, just in your life compared to right. like where you are. And I mean, that is a long freaking time. And just, you look at everything that's gone on to this point. It, it, it's just crazy. I, I can't think of anything, anything like it in, in the history of, of sports with, with somebody being out or missing time for that long and then coming back. And then just kind of feeling the love at this level and being able to potentially contribute at a high level. Yeah, that's and that's the part that I think we all gotta be careful about because you're right. It's been it's gonna be what, 30 months. 30 months since he's played a game. And I, I do think the one thing we gotta brace ourselves for is him being in a very limited role the first six weeks. You know, I don't think he's going to play back to back. I, I don't think, you know, 20 minutes a night. I think, I think 
he's going to want to play more. I think the fans are going to want him to play more. And I just think the, the Warriors are going to have to fight that. And, and as much as it's going to be hard to do, I think they've got to look at this as what we really want to do here is get him back late December, early January, and get him back to 100% by next year, you know, by, by the opening season in, in October. Like, I, I really do think they've got to approach it that cautiously and, and not think of Clay coming back and we're getting Clay Thompson, the all-star back, but we're getting Clay Thompson, a role player back. And then if he, if he shows that he's better than a role player, dynamite. But you, it's just, it's just going to be so much fun to see where he's at. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, three, four weeks from now, JD, we're saying, boy, Clay looks pretty good as opposed to, oh, boy, how, how, I wonder how long it's going to take Clay to get back to being right. Well, I never would have believed that Clay Thompson could be a role player and that this team could contend for and maybe win an NBA championship this season. I think given the way that this Warriors team has played and, and the state of the rest of the league, he could be a role player or or just maybe a little bit better than a role player, but not what he was before. And I actually think that could be enough. I mean, it's it's not, and this goes back to when I was a kid, but it's not Bill Walton waving the towel. Like it's right. not like it's but but it's but somebody that's you know playing a sixth man type of a role, even if he's starting and contributing but isn't the guy that we saw a couple of years ago. Not to say that he can't get back to that next year or beyond, but it just – he's going to give this team an infusion that they're going to need. And, and like, it wouldn't surprise me, I, I guess is what I'm saying, if you know he's pretty good between now and the end of, this, in this, end of the season. And then the Warriors get into a playoff series, and we're all kind of thinking, boy, he's not maybe what he was – but then he has a couple of games in a playoff series where he goes for 20 or 22. And that in and of itself is enough to maybe give them the boost that they need that they wouldn't have had if they had had to play this entire season without him. Right. No, I think, I think that's uh, I think that's a good point. I, you know, the, the idea that Clay Thompson can come back and, and have some ups and downs and, good games and bad games and the Warriors still win it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought that before the season. I'm still not sure I buy it, but um, <laughs> you know, but, but, but we'll see, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I think the war, I think, I think the other thing we got to maybe get ready for is that what are they? 20, 22 and five, 23 and five, 23 as we record this. Yeah. 23 and five. I, I think there's also a, a chance that they may start losing just a little bit more than they have. Um, even when clay comes back, you know, I, you know, I, do you think they're going to win the next two games? Do you think they're going to be Boston and Toronto back to back? I would say they got a shot because they, the way I would put it is they haven't really played well yet on this trip. And right. I, almost, I almost feel like they, they they've been grinding, I think, a little bit physically with the, the games being compacted and the record, right. I think, compounding that as far as Steph going for the record. I think getting a couple of days off, actually, and then playing that game in Boston on Friday. I actually there there's a part of me that thinks that's gonna be the most like the best game that they play. 
right? Like they're going to come out fresh, invigorated, and 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 they go play that game and they win that game because they play well. Not to get too in the weeds on you, uh, but the one thing I would say about maybe the Toronto game, I kind of feel like they may they may take a night where they they give some guys some night off. I, and it, it's starting to feel like Toronto's going to be that night. I, I don't not to get off on this tangent, but I don't know if you saw, but uh, the government in Canada now they're going to have to play half capacity on right. beginning with Saturday. The, the Raptors yep. are reducing capacity. And I'm thinking if there's ever a night where you're the Warriors on the road at the end of a long trip before you're coming home to where we're going to get through that Boston game and then almost treat the Toronto game like the Detroit game at the right. end of that other trip, I, I kind of feel like that's where this thing's headed. And so are they going to lose some games if they do that once in a while? Maybe. But I, I think that's kind of – that's one of the things this Warriors team has going for them is is they're winning even when they're not really playing well. And I don't like I don't think they've played great in any of the three games on the trip, but they were two and one. And you could make a case, you know, Philly kind of you know came and got that one from them that you know they they play a little bit better a stretch here, stretch there, they win that game. So I, I, yeah. I don't know. There's vibes. I kind of look at it the opposite way, okay. believe it or not. I, I thought Philly to, to my way of thinking, you know, Philly got them. But to me, it's like they shouldn't have won the Indiana game. They were outplayed all game long. But they won. Indiana, Indiana needs to make one play in the last two minutes, and they can't do it. And you look at the box score, and, and, and you know, Miles Turner is terrible, and Duarte is terrible. and Looney uh, kicked his ass, man. Kevon Looney I mean, kicked his ass. I mean, it's just – so and then, and then even the next game, but I, you know, I, you can always look at it two ways. I mean, I, maybe that's the state of the league that the Warriors can go in there play a seventy-five percent game and beat the Knicks and beat the Indiana Pacers on the road. Which is which was very unusual. So I think, and it's combined with the fact that some of these other teams just don't have, you know, if you're 500 in the Eastern Conference, you know, the Warriors can beat you with with a 75 or 80 percent effort. And I think that's what they did the last uh, two nights. I shouldn't say effort because I think they're playing hard, but they're yeah. not playing well. Yeah, I think that's well said. They're they're not they're playing hard. They're trying to win each game, but they're just not playing well. I don't I don't feel like the Warriors went into in, into Indiana and didn't take Indiana seriously. They just no. didn't play well. I don't think they went into New York and didn't take the Knicks seriously. They just they, they, they played better in New York than they did in Indiana. But but and, and but I I know what you're saying. Like I think they're they're just struggling more than you would expect a team with their record, but yet they're still able to cover. And I don't feel like they've stolen a bunch of games either. Like that's the other thing. Maybe they stole the Indiana game, but if you right. look up and down the the, the Warriors schedule. There aren't real. There aren't that many where I go. Damn, they really should have lost that game, and and kind of stole it. I mean, there's a, there's been a couple, but and and right. I'd put in that category. So I just I still feel like they're just on they're on par, but there's a level they can still get to. But but now if they can actually get to that level, look out because it's you know they've already built up this stockpile of 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 so many different so many different wins that, that they're just, they're just kind of rolling. I, I just 
feel like I feel like everything's kind of and I know Clay's been out and Wiseman's been out, but it feels like you know they've they've just I feel like they haven't hit their adversity yet. Um, what whatever that is and whatever it looks like. Um, and you know what? Maybe it's a product of the league that that look. There's 20 teams in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors can go out there and just beat because because they're better than them and they and they they're more professional and they have a way to play and they know their personnel better. Um, but I do think they're, they're you know there's going to be some adversity ahead of them. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe it's you know maybe it's Clay's not as good as we think, or maybe Wiseman. I don't even know if Wiseman having a setback would be adversity at, at this point, but you know maybe they fi- they find out they're not getting Wiseman back, and now Looney gets banged up for a few games, and they got to play under man. But um, I, I do think it's coming, and uh, you know I, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how they how they're going to handle that too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just final final couple thoughts here. We'll we'll make this a little shorter. Uh, edition of the podcast. We'll try and catch up a little bit early next week. I know we got the holidays coming up, so we'll try and sneak a couple of these in. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga's got a little bit more run the last couple games. Not extended run, but what have you kind of made of of him? I I still, and I I think we talked about this last week, I still kind of feel like there's something there to where maybe he could be a piece that, that helps him a little bit down the stretch, even this season. And I kind of keep in the back of my mind, could he help, could he wind up helping him more than Wiseman in, in big games and in playoff games? I, I, I'm more and more open-minded to that almost by the shift that he's able to get out there on the floor. Yeah. I, I mean, the one thing, the one thing that he's got going for him is he is a, he's, how do I want to put this? Wiseman to me is 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 unique because when he's their center, he's different than everybody else. You could kind of say, well, Kaminga's one of four uh, small fives they could use. You know, they could use Draymond there, they can use Looney there, they can use Bielitsa there. Um, but no, I there's something about Kaminga I like too. Uh, I like I like the energy he plays with. Um, the, the, the question is, if, if you get into a big game and the Warriors are going to go small, would there be a reason to use Kaminga over Draymond at the five? Would there be a reason to use Kaminga over Looney? You know, because that's the one thing. He's going to have to earn trust, the trust of Steve Kerr probably over the le- next three or four weeks. I'm sorry, three or four months it, it, but before we get into the playoffs. But – if you're asking me right now who will be a bigger factor in the postseason, Kaminga or Wiseman, I'd have to say Kaminga at this point. And I'm not sure Kaminga will be a factor in the playoffs, but I right now I'd have to give him the better shot to do it. Yeah, it's interesting because you're you're right. I mean, if if it's going to wind up being Steph, Clay, Iguodala, probably Wiggins and Draymond is one version of a closing lineup. I think the other version of a closing lineup is maybe Jordan Poole's playing instead of Clay or instead of Iguodala at, at, at different points. And then so, yeah, what would be the the instance where, you know, if Kaminga's playing and Draymond's playing, does that mean Wiggins isn't playing? Does that mean Clay's not playing? Somebody, somebody that you'd probably want to figure to have out there would have to be out there if, if he's finishing. But I, I could just see Kaminga being – he, you know what it is about Kaminga, and we'll, we'll wrap it on this note. The thing for Kaminga to me is 
some players just bring up other players like playing with him and other players right. get a little juice when he's on the floor. And, and I almost feel like the Warriors players, the Warriors players get a little energized and, and pick up when, when he's on the court and right. even that can be a little bit beneficial. Like you're getting a better version of maybe the other four guys that are out there because Kaminga's out there with them and they like the kid so much. Right. And I, and I think, I think the thing they like about Kaminga is just the energy. I think you're right. Just the energy that he brings because I mean, he just goes out and he, he, he plays hard and it like, it's, it's a different energy than Wiseman brings, you know, like Wiseman to me doesn't really bring energy. He's just a big guy who's, who's playing, but you know, Kaminga to me reminds me a little of a, a, of a Dennis Rodman or a John Sally when they would come off the bench for the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons. And you know, the Pistons were sitting with Bill Lambeer wasn't very athletic. James Edwards played a lot. He wasn't, but once those guys came in, the whole makeup of their team changed. And I think Kaminga gives a little bit of that to the Warriors. There, there's a swagger. Like Wiseman has a little bit of a what, what's he going to bring? You don't right. know. There's a like. Is, there's there a lack of confidence there? Like Kaminga just he steps on the floor and thinks he's pretty good. Yeah, and and like wants to fit in, and he may make some mistakes, but. But there's a, a, a brashness to him, I think, that, that leads to a, a, a positive energy uh, among the whole group. Steiny, great stuff, my man. Uh, as always, appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll, talk again. we'll talk again next week. Absolutely. All right, that's your Warriors podcast for this week. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.